would say there was a lack of sitting in lament. Instead of just saying, oh, a quick prayer, and then after a quick prayer of Ukraine, we're gonna sing hallelujah song. Hello, and welcome to the All Things Reconciled podcast. We want to inspire and equip you to embody and embrace the ministry of reconciliation in your local context. I'm your host, Jeanette Boom. And I'm Phil Wagler. The All Things Reconciled podcast is part of the Peace and Reconciliation Network, which is a commission of the World Evangelical Alliance, the family of 650 million evangelical Christians around this world that you're a part of if you're part of an evangelical church here in Canada. We wonder the question if 650 million evangelicals understood that to be Christian is to be a peacemaker and a reconciler wherever they are in their everyday life, what might happen? The name of this podcast, All Things Reconciled, is rooted in Colossians 1 verse 20. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Let's take a moment to wrestle with this idea of reconciliation. Yeah, it's really primarily about being brought back into right relationships, right relationships with God, with ourselves, with others, and with creation, from moving from division to communion, from enmity to friendship, from being against to being for, from working against to working with. And since God is a reconciler, we too, as his children, become reconcilers. And as Jeanette said earlier, our hope is that this series inspires and equips you to move in that direction in the everyday stuff of your life. In this All Things Reconciled series, we are focusing in on the war in Ukraine This war is dominating our headlines and cause for great concern no matter where you live. It seems this is touching everyone everywhere. So in the series, we will engage the war in Ukraine from a few different angles, again to inspire and equip you to be the peacemaker and reconciler in the everyday stuff and assignments of life. And we are very pleased today to have Zlata Zalatarova with us. Zlata, welcome to All Things Reconciled. Thank you for letting me join today. Perfect, Zlata. Well, I would just love for our um, listeners to learn a little bit about who you are and what life looks like for you right now. Uh, So, yeah, I am Ukrainian. I'm originally from Zaporozhye. It's the eastern part of Ukraine. I came to Canada in 2015 to um, study at Columbia Bible College yeah, afterwards, I just stayed and worked at Multination Missions Foundation to help Ukraine from this site and fundraise for certain projects and especially seniors ministry in Ukraine. Yeah, and then currently I'm working for a local church called Central Heights uh, Church in Abbotsford. And since February 24th, I've been on the phone with Ukrainians back home but also currently helping everyone who is coming to resettle in Abbotsford. It's been definitely a a lot of changes in the last several months of what I do and how my life looks like. It sounds like a very full life, Zata. (laughs) Um, So you came to Canada in 2015. The the original conflict began in 2014 in in your home country. What was that like as a 
younger person. How old were you when you when you came to Canada? I was 17 when I came to Canada, but in 2014, the war started um, in the east in Donetsk. Uh, it's where my grandma is from, and that's where my whole childhood was. And um, it's it's we're four hours away from where we live, so it for sure was very tough because we were not able to visit my favorite places anymore, or we weren't able to go and see friends that live on that side. Um, and my grandma and my aunt had to move to my city. Um, so it's because my both of my parents work in nonprofits, that probably whole summer was very tough because we would help uh, welcome people into our home who were fleeting uh, from Donetsk area, and we would help them with clothes, and then we'd bring them to a temporary home. It was heartbreaking to hear stories of family separating. And yeah, and I think that's kind of when I realized that that's what I want to do with my life is to help people. So it was beneficial in that way, but it definitely, definitely made me think about what I think about peace and what I think about reconciliation and understanding that I actually can't find it by myself. It only God could give it to me. So, wow, I, it, it's interesting to hear about how long you've been just really immersed in the process of helping refugees. What that looked like at home and what that now looks like in Canada for you. What has this transition been like? from coming to Ukraine to Canada? And what does aid, how has that changed or remained the same? How have you built on your, your approaches? I think definitely when I was in 2014, I was more like a helper and I was just doing whatever my parents told me to do uh, and just yeah, in <laughs> encourage them in that way. But this time I'm here by myself, kind of. My parents are still in the Western Ukraine helping people there. But as I'm here, I was able to take my experience that I had and just watching my parents do this amazing, like, do this amazing ministry and say, okay, I'm going to do it here and I'm going to talk to people. God definitely is bringing a lot of amazing people to help me with that. I feel like because I've seen, because I had such a great example of people who did humanitarian aid well as well as evangelizing people and in the midst of all of that and I'm now able to do this here. So your parents are still in Ukraine can you tell me how you feel about that what is that like for them? Yeah it's definitely very uh, hard I worry about them every day especially when the war started on February 24th I was talking to some of my friends and then I got a call from my parents saying ah, there's a war started it's everywhere and people in Zaporozhia I think most people that know the history a little bit they they were a little bit prepared because everyone thought the war would start from our end but when it started everywhere it was a big panic moment and I was on a phone until like four in the morning with my parents as they were packing stuff and as they were talking to people, they would direct their calls from several people to me. So it was, at that at that moment, it was very hard uh, because I'm like, I need to be strong for people of Ukraine. I need to be strong for my family. 
due to my dad's job, they had to move to Western Ukraine and uh, to a city called Uzhgorod to work with refugees there, but also providing psychological help. I think that's what my dad's uh, main job is now. When they got to Western Ukraine, I was like, ah, oh, relief, they're in a safe. But as I start hearing that now Western Ukraine is being bombed, it's like, ah, what? Like, I'm just very nervous. And, but I trust that the Lord will keep them safe. That's the only thing I could do. Zlat, I wonder, you know, you're in relative safety in Abbotsford, British Columbia right now. What does it feel like personally? Like, do you, I'm, I'm imagining here, so you can correct me, but is there a sense of guilt that you're not there to help your people or your family? Or is it a sense of, no, this is God's calling? What does that internal peace look like right now? Um, it's definitely at first when the war started, I was like, oh, I, I feel like I need to be there. I feel like I'm not, like, why am I here? How you said it was a little bit of guilt. But as soon as I was able to provide psychological help or being this stable person for many others or now resettling people, I feel like I can say, hey, this is why God placed me in Abbotsford right now. And I was actually, right before the war started, I was applying at, to work in Ukraine as a project manager for one of the nonprofits uh, from Canada. But um, they stopped <laughs> accepting applications because the war started. Uh, so I felt like, oh, I, if, if they would have had this position a little bit earlier, maybe I could have helped more. But knowing, I feel like as I have a relationship with God and as I pray, God would give me more and more peace because he said, hey, I want you there, here. I want you to help people that are coming here, providing space for them to heal, providing space for them to feel more stable life so they could, when the war stopped, could go back and um, serve Ukraine. But I, I actually had, I have a friend here who, as soon as war started, he's Ukrainian too. Both of us were in communication and saying the same thing. And then we were both concerned that, you know, we should we should do more, we should go back and help. But as time went on, now we, we talked I talked to him yesterday and he's like, Yeah, I think I think we need to be here. That's what our calling is for now. That's good. You mentioned earlier through the transition of of doing peace work and helping with refugees in Ukraine and now transitioning here to Canada. You've been developing more and more what you think about peace and reconciliation. Can you describe that a little bit to us? Growing up, like I felt like peace is something that yeah, like you live, you have a family, right? Like you you have peace with, about that or like peace was very ma materialized. It's like, oh, I have my I don't know. I have my comfort food and I have my parents around me and I feel peace. But when the war started, I felt like, hey, like peace is when things are calm, right? But coming to Canada and seeing how many people don't feel peace, even though they have everything they need, that kind of made me think of what real peace is. <laughs> and now, like in the midst of the war, when I start realizing that there will be lack of peace if I don't trust the Lord to protect my parents. There will be lack of peace if I 
If I just don't trust Lord in any any circumstances, not only the worst circumstances, but whether it's choosing a new job or I'm in the process of buying a car, you know, like if I don't trust Lord in that, I'm not going to have peace. And it shouldn't be dependent on circumstances. Peace is just something I get when I have constant relationship with God. Salata, you mentioned that you grew up going to Donetsk and being in the Donbass area. Do you still have family in that region at all? Yes, I do. My aunt currently lives there. What what is that? What is that? Do you have a relationship with her? What does that look like? Yes, she does, and we try to keep relationship very close with each other because she she's one of my I think one of my mother's siblings that still alive and we do not talk about political situations just because we do have different political views but we see so many families currently especially immigrants in united states and canada that for example a husband is russian and a wife is ukrainian they have tensions between their families but we made a clear decision to not talk about any political stuff in order for our family to stay strong. And I personally think it's a very wise decision. There's so many other things to talk about rather than political opinions. And because she's there currently and help, she's not just watching TV or do nothing, but she's actually helping seniors that, and my grandma is there now too, and they don't want to leave because that's their home but they are still have servant hearts and they help people. And I think that's what matters the most is that. It must be challenging to, uh, very wise what you're saying, um, must be challenging to think about what these families and the reconciliation of families looks like, not only now, but into the future. Do you wrestle with that at all? Yeah, especially how how I said my friends that, like she's she's Ukrainian and her husband is Russian. I could see how in the future like it would be very hard for them. And even now like they're having issues reconciling sometimes. But I think for me I pray for those friends and pray for those families and say, Lord, like the the only way they can reconcile all of this or get over their opinions, political opinions is when they know you. And that's what I've been focusing on as I talk to those friends is that, hey, maybe you should not be watching TV together, but like praying together and more just talking about what peace means to you or talking about what, like, yeah, what would they do in circumstances like that? Like if they would be there, I don't know, some something that would unite their family rather than, yeah. I, and I, th- I think there will be a lot of challenging challenges coming up and the future generations, because I just heard a story from uh, my friends who are in Ukraine. Their son went to a soccer game in Latvia, I think, like he's seven or eight. Um, he went to a soccer competition, and even like he's he's eight, and the kids, uh, it was like a whole world competition or something like that. And kids from Russia came wearing Russian flags and in Latvia and the the Ukrainian people the Ukrainian kids were saying we don't really care like we are here to play soccer like that's we don't like we just came from a traumatic experience we don't really want to talk politics we're eight <laughs> but i could already see how that will escalate as those eight 
seven, uh, ten year olds will grow up and I think there will be a lot of work to do for youth ministry and young adults ministry leaders in Ukraine after the war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. The uncertainty of the future and, you know, the fact is reconciliation is messy and the goal isn't right now to really look into the future, but really see where God is moving right now. And I love that where God is moving is actually here in Canada. He's taken you out of Ukraine and he's brought you here in Canada. Can you tell us about the ministry work that God has for you here, what that looks like? God is definitely doing amazing things here and seeing the generosity of people in Canada is, yeah, amazes me every time. So I'll tell you a little story. When I, I think a month into the war, my mom said to me, hey, I have a friend who is currently in Poland. She used to run youth. She's still a director of youth and kids ministry for a Baptist denomination in Ukraine. Her family wants to come to Canada. Uh, yeah, just explore this option, living and yeah, maybe earning a little bit of money so they can go back and restore Ukraine afterwards. She asked me, hey, can you maybe help find them a place where they can stay for a month? And I said, sure. But then in a the moment, I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. Like I, I was a little bit stressed. And uh, as I talked to my, my dad, he's a very wise person. He told me, uh, Zada, do you know that they're God's children before your, before your friends? Uh, did you know that? That he'll take care of them. And I said, okay, like, sure. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what God will do. So I prayed and then I, as just I randomly talked to some people at church, said, hey, I, do you guys know maybe where I can buy a car for them? Or like, I, I was just kind of talking and then I asked a person if they could stay at their house for a month. And they said, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll help you. And then in a couple of days, this lady who wanted to host them calls me and says, hey, we can host them, but how about we'll find, we'll rent an apartment for them or something? And I said, sure. And then as the conversation went on, uh, they found a developer of, developer that bought out a bunch of townhouses in Abbotsford, and he will give at 25% off certain couple of townhouses for Ukrainians. That was the original conversation. And I said, oh, great, we can fit this family into there. And then as time went on, there were, he said, ah, I'll give all 24 for Ukrainian families. And we just need to find furniture. Then another lady from church, she said, oh, I'll, I'll take care of furniture. You don't have to worry about it. And we're a month into collecting furniture and there's more people reaching out saying, hey, do you have any families we can sponsor? And I said, sure. Like it's been only one family arrived so far, but we're working on six more. And that's, it's amazing to see how every day I wake up and every day I get different call from people who want to contribute somehow and help those people. And currently the families that I bring is they, they all were ministers or they, they were part of church, and their goal is to heal, resettle a little bit, earn money, and then go back and serve people in Ukraine. That's incredible. What a, what a beautiful story. You mentioned have mentioned quite often here the impact and the example of your parents, your wider family. And I just wonder, like, what are you observing and learning? Like when your dad said, hey, remember, they're God's children, right? Like he's, he's kind of got it. You know, you can just participate. 
And what are you learning more and more about that as a young woman, a young leader in, in the church of God? What, what's, what are you learning is true about God's care for the wholeness and the shalom of people? I would say that one of the big things that I learned in this season is that God wants to bring peace to people. Like that's, that's who he is, right? Like he's peace. And, but sometimes we could be on a way of letting him bring us peace. Or sometimes we can just say, okay, Lord, bring, bring your peace to us, right? Like I, I can accept it. And that requires a lot of humility because even to say that, hey, yes, there are God's children and maybe I shouldn't be taking God's job on my shoulders, that, that requires a lot of humility. <laughs> it's like sometimes we want, and I think the reason why it is hard is because at the end, I can't say, oh, good job, Zlata. You're great. You did amazing job by resettling all, all these families. Because like I, I personally didn't do much because God just brought so many people together. And that, like, I'm just learning a lot of humility that God's peace require us to just say, yes, Lord, you are God. You are bigger than me. And you care about these people way more. And you care about peace way more than I do. Uh, and I, what I need to do is just obey you and maybe connect people together or just do whatever you tell me to do in this moment. That is really good, Zlata. I just love how you, everything is that firm foundation of Jesus for you and and how he brings that peace and he brings the story and the pieces together. And that's such a release. I just want to ask, what is your deepest lament and hope in, in your experiences and in the work that you're doing right now? Yeah, I think my heart breaks for sure for younger generation of Ukraine uh, and Russia too, like both countries. I think that's what I pray every day about, younger generation and a new leaders that could rise in those countries and say, hey, we're going to live and we're going to teach you how to live in the life, like in, in the life and truth of, of God. And that's my biggest lament is that I just see, see how youth and kids in both countries just being angry and angrier. And that's not what God wants. <laughs> and I think the biggest hope is that I do see how how amazing God is and how he even that that he brought out certain people to North America so they can heal and and rest so they can go back after and serve and bring new perspectives and just a hope of many organizations and churches that are ready to welcome those Ukrainians and and actually maybe like help with the programming or help with the resources, whether it's financial or, I don't know, medication or just like a resource to give to kids and youth. So I don't know. I've been just amazed by openness of people. Along those lines, Lada, I, I wonder, like you've mentioned the vision of Ukrainians coming, healing, and then with a vision of returning to Ukraine to help rebuild You've mentioned psychological help like your parents are providing in Western Ukraine right now. Uh, what would you say to Canadian churches and Canadian Christians who are like, what do we do to help? Like you've mentioned the money, the you know, furniture, all those kinds of things. But what would you say to Canadian churches 
in that whole that whole package of healing it's got to be more than money right like what's the whole package of healing that you would say to canadian christians here's what this can start to look like even in the smallest way one of the things is that i do know that there are a lot of ukrainians already in canada that like like me came like seven years ago i think just supporting them uh that that would be just emotionally just even just bringing food because we've been on the phones every time we just wake up wake up or every time we go to bed we're with our relatives and friends and i've seen amazing i've seen many churches coming alongside those ukrainians and i've seen churches that did a terrible job <laughs> supporting their one or two ukrainians in their congregation um so yeah just supporting emotionally bringing food would be great but also Prayer is a big thing. Pray for reconciliation. Pray for pastors that stayed and pray for volunteers that are helping. Um, because there's, there's many things to pray for, but just pray for w which area of um, service God brings to you. Yes, I, I believe God brings certain things to us to pray for. Also, I would say if you have... If you know someone who's serving on the ground in Ukraine, financial support is great, but also helping, asking how they're doing, because that, like, it, it's very tough hearing hard stories of people. But if people come here to Canada, whether it's like new families, just maybe showing them around, <laughs> because that's, like, that's very hard when you don't know the area, when you don't know where the grocery store is or where the meat is, right? Like it, for us, it seems like, oh, this is obvious. Like, don't you see? You don't even need to buy them anything, but just bringing them and walking alongside them or maybe answering a bunch of questions they have about things like that. Those, those are very helpful. <laughs> you, you said something, and I, I have to ask you, you said some, you've seen some terrible jobs done. <laughs> Could could you like without we're not going to call anybody out? But what what does that look like? What what is it? What is so unhelpful that it deserves being called terrible? I would say there was churches I know there was a lack of sitting in lament with a person instead of just saying oh a quick prayer and then after quick prayer we pray and we're gonna sing hallelujah song and make it a happy church because we can't we can't sit in the lament you know we, we're not carved out for that like that that's what I call terrible <laughs> is that you you don't recognize that someone is experiencing deep trauma deep loss deep grief yeah that's really good I like how you said we're not carved out for that and that's that is very true um, and then on the other end we have where heart where do you see churches really being successful in this area? Or I guess not the word successful, but just, you know, being genuine and being authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've seen several churches, including Central Heights um, Church that I'm part of, checking on our congregation or that, like me and other people in congregation that have Ukrainian relatives and, uh, yeah, just sitting with us in praying for us but also, yeah, just bring how I said bringing meals because we literally had no time to cook, and just saying that uh, just little encouragements of saying, "Hey, 
you know, today I was thinking about you and I prayed for you. I, I've seen that, but also I've seen churches that just come around Ukraine, new Ukrainian families and say, hey, we're just gonna walk with them this new adventurous life of coming to a new country. So, Well, Zlata, thank you so much for sharing your experiences, your perspective. I, I really love how we ended on the practical aspects of help in terms of supporting Ukrainians in Canada um, through financial, emotional, and relational care through prayer, and also connecting and building relationships with those in Ukraine. You know, it's, it's about encouraging people and, and really walking with them. So thank you so much for that reminder. Thank you for letting me share with you and inviting me here. Well, Jeanette, there's a lot of amazing young woman. It's really inspired listening to her. What you know what what everyday peacemaking and reconciling stuff stirred in you as you listened to her story yeah i think i was just really drawn to her one statement where she said seeing in canada people have everything they need and don't feel peace and her her recognition her growth and her maturity and starting with that perspective of thinking if i have this then i'll have peace and then recognizing that, no, Jesus is the author and the maker of peace, and it's not dependent on my circumstances, but on my faith and my relationship. And I think that is, for me, a, a really necessary reminder. Yeah, and I was deeply moved, actually, as a, as a parent, just at the impact of her family, and yes. that these types of things, to be peacemakers, to be reconcilers, all of a sudden in a time when you didn't realize you were going to need it as deeply as you did was it's kind of generational maybe it gets it gets instilled and passed on and i was i was deeply encouraged by that yeah and she was very practical with it too just saying you know with with my family in ukraine we are not talking about political stuff in order for us to remain strong because we have very different opinions and how many times do we come to family dinners and gatherings and there's so many different opinions and never you never. could sit <laughs> <laughs> right so uh, there was just this deep connection i found with our families and their families and and the the reality of how messy family can be and how, you know, sometimes you have to have boundaries in order to maintain these strong relationships. It really is an everyday thing. And it's very practical. Another point for me is just the, the sense of lament and actually how profoundly she mentioned that not doing that was actually a terrible thing. <laughs> to just lament and dwell with people and lament is such a big part of reconciliation. It is a crucial journey, part of the journey. And so that is something we need to hear. Well, thank you to our guests, Zlata Zolotarova for joining us and to the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada for helping us host and put this together. And thank you for listening to All Things Reconciled, the podcast of the Peace and Reconciliation Network. I'm Phil Wagler. And I'm Jeanette Boom. Please tell your friends and even enemies about this podcast and other great EFC podcasts. You can follow PRN on Facebook and donate to this work through the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada using the code WEAPRN or check out our website at reconciledworld.net. Go in peace today. Go make peace every day. <laughs>